It's time for the podcast with two guys whose BMI is higher than their IQ. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by Smith's Floor Coverings. This is a double cheek push here. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Our pet's heads are falling off! Guess what today is? I like turtles. Up day! Up day! You're my boy, Blue! Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! I don't know how long this is going to last. Good morning, West Georgia! Welcome in to the Morning 5 Podcast. Today is indeed Hump Day, Wednesday, December 13th. Billy and we are a measly 12 days away from Christmas. That's not many. It's not. That's not many. It is not. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. This, I swear, this, this week or this month has flown by, like, flown by. Well, last week, drug on. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the longest week ever um, just because I wanted Monday to get here and I feel like I feel like last week took forever uh, but now that we have uh, watched something that we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes I feel like this year is is just going to fly by in the blink of an eye and before we know it it's going to be 2024 yeah yeah we're done with it yeah it's this year is insane it's been a long year um I think personally for me, for sure, but yeah, like this, <laughs> this year has been, uh, or this month has flown by. What's, I mean, what's your, uh, what, what's your best memory? And we'll, we'll probably do a, uh, 2023 wrap up podcast, but what's your off the, just off the top of your head, what's the best memory of 2023 for you? Oh, geez, man. Um, if, if we're talking, just anything you know, doesn't have to be do? sports, personal, whatever. Just whatever. Whatever. What? What's your? What's your fondest, best memory of twenty twenty three? You know, we started twenty twenty three. You and I started twenty twenty three together. Um, oh, we did. You're right. Yeah. I so that's that. that's uh, that's definitely a memory that I'm not going to forget. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a fond memory. Well, I, I think it I think it still is because honestly, like as much as like it sucked, um, you know, seeing that kick go wide right. Um, well, it was wide right to us. It was wide left. <laughs> yeah, it was wide. It was wide right to. I, I didn't even I didn't even care about that. Like it, that was a long kick, anyways. And he hadn't he's he had he never made one of those all year. <laughs> Look, I I got a chance to to that was my first ever college football game, um, and a Division one. So that was huge. Um, taking my son, you know. Taking Gavin to all these games, as much as as many of these games as I can, um, and letting him be ball boy and watching him just experience high school football has been fantastic. Um, and you know, even taking him to the state championship game last, you know, earlier in the week, it was it was great. I th- I think that's watching him grow up has been a big memory of mine. That was cool. That was cool. The the state championship game because uh, I don't think anybody went last year but me. I think I was the only one. I think I was the only one that was there. Um, so that was that was cool this year having the whole crew out there and and seeing uh, Patrick's enthusiasm um, after following that team all year. Um, and, and let's get let's get to the days real quick so we can talk about the game on Monday. Uh, today is National Ice Cream Day. 
I, I know you're in on it. Day for in the middle of freaking very, December. I was thinking like, the exact same thing. Zero sense. I was thinking the exact same thing, Billy. Yeah, it's I don't I I don't want I, I said that Emily ate some ice cream last night. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, mint chocolate chip. I can get on board with that. I'm not a big ice cream guy. Um, I try to limit my dairy intake uh, because I'm old and fat and inflames my joints when I eat dairy. So I try to limit my ice cream take. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy a scoop, though, here and there. My favorite is peach. I, I will say this, though. Like, it's mint chocolate chip if you buy it from the store. Okay. However, if you buy it from Butter Dutter, it's banana pudding ice cream. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Emily likes that. Uh, and I've mentioned it on this podcast multiple times, like Taiwanese Vietnamese, coffee. Vietnamese uh, coffee or bingo. There or it is right Vietnamese there. Coffee. Yes, uh, she likes that. I'll tell you who has it's not it's not necessarily ice cream, but it's a milkshake. Um, I had a I had a red velvet uh, cupcake milkshake um, from uh, from the Sweet Treats bar down in Villarica, downtown Villarica. Holy yeah. smokes, dude! That is, woohoo! I don't, I, yeah, I know it's not ice cream; it's a milkshake. But uh, Jesus, it is good. Holy smokes, yeah. it is. Woo-hoo. You get, you get your calories for the week in one drink into it. <laughs> uh, today, today is also National Cocoa Day. Okay, I'm good with that too. I, I'm good. I don't want the packaged stuff. I, I'm, I'm sort of bougie and picky on my cocoa. I don't like the I don't I don't like I know I don't like the Swiss Miss package stuff. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I'll tell you what I haven't had yet this year, and I need to rectify this uh, over the break. Um, I haven't had Incredible Pulp Lemonade's cocoa yet this year. Hot chocolate. I can't say that. Oh, when did you get some? You got some during football season, uh, didn't you? Yeah, nice. It was during the Central game. That's I got some, yeah. that's about the only hot cocoa that I like. I feel like every other time I get hot chocolate, it's that, it's that package stuff. And, you know, it, it's Christmas. I understand hot chocolate, pat, whatever. Not a fan of it. Not a fan of the packaged stuff. It's also National Cream Cheese Frosting Day. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. it's Yes, please. It's the only type of frosting, honestly. Like, if you're going to give me a cake or a cupcake, don't give me that pre-made, pre-packaged crap. It better be homemade cream cheese frosting, which is something... I actually do make a delicious uh, cream cheese frosting. I've done it a couple times. The cake part, yeah. The cake part, I'm not real great at doing. Uh, That's very hit or miss. Um, But I am a I am a pretty good uh, cream cheese frosting maker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, I love cream cheese frosting. Uh, Let's get to the game Monday night. Dude, Bowden beats Manchester 28-27 in a very poetic fashion. Um. First game of the year, Bowden loses by one down in Manchester after going for two and not making it. Manchester loses in the state championship by one after going for two and not making it. Now that Bowden going for two in the first game, it was a they legit lined up in an offensive set and went for two. Manchester went for two in the state championship game after a 15-yard uh, blocking below the waist penalty and then a timeout. And... Like after the timeout, I told Casey Bass, I'm like, everybody in the stadium knows what that timeout was for. Like you're going for two, and yep. then instead of just lining up in an offensive set, they tried a, a fake field goal going for two. And dude, Bowden, Bowden had that had that sniffed out, dude. Uh, McGrin McGrin was great. Jordan Beasley was an absolute monster. Um, uh, some big catches from from Pro Throw. The defense played really well. 
it was it, it was a back and forth game and, and something that I told Patrick Edson, I said last year when I was watching Bowden, I knew they were gonna win every single game that they went out and played. Like that team was just so much better than everybody they played. I didn't watch the early county game live. Um so that was a little bit of a different feel, but everybody everybody that I watched Bowden play, TJ Harvison was the de facto by far best player in that entire uh classification last year and at times you know tj just took that team and put it on his back and he would run over four or five defenders on his way to 300 yards rushing or just something crazy and and this year you know i don't want to take anything away from this year's team but it seemed like this this year's team especially when they got to the playoffs had a fight and claw And this this year's team this year's championship for bowden felt like a a much more team effort than last year's team like you needed contributions from everybody and the fact that they replaced their entire offensive line their entire defensive line their offensive coordinator their quarterback their running back like this was a this was essentially a brand new team that went out there this year and played there weren't many returning players and the fact that rich finley and company was able to even get this team close to sniffing a state championship game much less winning it against a team that you've already lost to this year like Dude, uh, the the coaching. I know. I know there was a lot of talent out there, but the fact that this this coach and this staff was able to get all these teams or all these individuals to play together as a team. I mean, after that Manchester game, I remember watching that Manchester game and thinking, "Golly, this this coaching staff doesn't know how to utilize Beasley. They don't know how to utilize Kyler McGrin. You know, what's Devin Powell going to do? Uh, pro throw looked like a ghost. Like this team they don't know how to utilize these weapons and holy smokes what a complete 180 uh that team did and just i mean just tore through the regular season and uh you know won it won won a state championship back to back bowden red devil state champions let's think about this here and just and just put this in context so the first game they lost was eventually to an eventual state champion um state championship runner-up right right the other game they lost was to a team who made it to the quarterfinals in class 4a and if not for a a, lucky hail mary hail mary they may have been into the semis let's be real and because momentum was on there let's be real if they make it to the semis i think they win that game i think they win that semifinal matchup versus perry and I think they do too, yeah. and I think Umbright did too because yeah. he was actually at that uh, the four A state title last night um, watching that. Um, so those were your only two losses this year, and everything else was, and in, in, especially in the regular season, was blowout city. Yeah, and right? that and that was game and that was game one and two. Like you're still figuring stuff out right there. You you replaced seventeen starters. And <laughs> you also replaced, let's not forget, you also replaced your offensive and defensive coordinators from that team. That's that's unheard of. Yeah. That's this Alabama-esque is what this is. You know what I mean? Like this is this is Nick Saban replacing people off of his national championship team and having to replace his offensive and defensive coordinators every year. This is what they have to do. And what they've done has been an absolutely phenomenal. This community has 
come together and I, I can't say enough about Bowden, man. Like I'm not a Bowden person. I, I didn't grow up there. I've always, you know, been there from afar because, you know, growing up in at in Carrollton and being in Central and you know, so I've I've always seen Bowden. I just being around Bowden the past couple of weeks that we've been there. Um, I can't say enough about the community. I can't say enough about the fans. I can't say enough about the pride that, like, even do it, doing media day there. I can't say enough about the pride that that school has. And, man, I was so happy to watch our friend. And I, I, I truly believe that. He's our friend, Rich Fenley. Um, hoist that trophy because, man, it's, it's something special to see. And I, I'm... I can't wait to see what he does next year. I, dude, I, I'm jacked, man. I am. And, you know, I, I know Manchester's what. Manchester's in the region next year. Yeah, so, so is trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be, you know, and, and I, I, I was explaining to the kids how special a state championship is. I'm like, it's not like college where you can get five or six chances at it if you registered or whatever. Um, and, 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 you know, colleges, like, I was trying to explain it to him. I was like, when, when Georgia plays teams like they already have a leg up on people because of their recruiting and because of the facilities and the money and everything like it's not even like high school football for the most part you just play with the kids that live around you you know what i mean like it's it's yep. the it's the luck of the draw a lot of times i mean sometimes you get move-ins and whatnot but you know 90 percent of the time it's just kids that live around you and the, and to win a state championship just to win one or hell just to even go to a state championship is it's pretty amazing to do that. And the fact that they have done it back-to-back, not only gone, but won, after replacing so many kids, it's just mind-blowing, dude. It, it, it's just... I, so so Rich, in his first one, two, three, in his first three seasons, Rich lost 17 games. In his first three seasons, Rich lost 17 games at Bowden. Since then, he's lost five... Earth. Yeah, since then, let's put that into perspective. One nine and nine is first, right? One and nine. He lost. It was it was one and nine in 2018, his first year there. The only win came against Kings Ridge Christian. Since then, the past three years, the past four years, he's been a region champion. But the past three years, he's lost five games, three region championships, and two state championships. And this year's team. Scoring-wise, the most successful in Bowden history, scoring 638 points all year, averaging 42 points per game, 42 points per game, giving up 18 points per game. Their winning margin was over three touchdowns, 23 points per game. They averaged, and that's after losing the first two games, their average margin of victory was three touchdowns. Yeah, and they lost the first, the second game by three touchdowns. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, ta- I talked about how dominant last year's team was. Last year's team's average margin of victory wasn't three touchdowns. It was below 20, I think. Yeah. That's that's what baffles me. Like, we talked about this a little bit just simply because of how dominant this team has been. But you go from how great last year's state championship team was to losing 17 starters off of that team. And somehow they've gotten better. I don't understand. I don't, I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how, but they did. Um, look, Kyler McGrin and Dylan McGrin. Uh, Kyler McGrin's going to be in the MVP in our area. There's, 
that should be put in pen that should be etched in rock it is sort of this he is another version of um play hyatt just uh, he's a diff- different version of play hyatt um uh, it's, it's unreal his brother dylan is probably going to be defensive player of the year he's he <laughs> this year and next year year huh this year and next year for uh for Kyler's yeah. brother dylan yeah it's it's stupid um you know Beasley had another monster year after having a great year last year. Um, Caden Prothrow had a fantastic season this year. Devin Powell moving in from Central and and trying to they tried to figure out where they were going to put him. So you know, try to put him on offense, try to do defense. He became their best lockdown corner. Like these are the things that happen when when this this coaching staff gets all of you. Like they're going to find a spot for you. When they do, it's going to be perfect. And so I can't I can't say enough about the coaching job. I can't say enough about this community. I can't say enough about this team. Um, so proud of them. I was cheering loud and proud. I think, all, you know, all of us were. And, yeah. you know, some of those Bowden faithful that are around us, they don't know. They may not know us per se, but they, they know how we cheer, though. <laughs> There's a few people that were you know ahead of us that kind of turned around and was just kind of giving us a, an eye when 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 uh we were yelling and screaming who was doing that uh people in front of us Jeez. it's okay who was yelling and screaming oh That's, that that was uh that was definitely you it's absurd uh one of the cool things that happened at the you end put of on the bad boys. Oh, these ref these, come on dude uh, I don't, some, yeah. some of those penalties uh one of the cool things that happened at the end of the game too jackson led better uh, AKA Secret Weapon Forty Four. He he got yes, in, sir. dude. He got in at at the, at the victory formation. What was it? Was it an ACL that he that he tore this year? I don't remember what the injury was. Yep. I just know he hurt his leg. Yep. Um, ACL injury. Um, and and good for him, man. And and I I love, dude. How cool is that? That that entire family. Um, Brent and Valerie are fantastic people. Well, Valerie's um, fantastic. Brent, Brent, you know, so cool. Brent's a little questionable. Uh-huh. Brent's a little questionable. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about old Brent. Uh, but dude, what a, what, what a, what a, what a cool moment. What, what just a uh, Brent posted pictures of him ugly crying and dude, not even my son and I'm sitting there ugly crying like like watching the video and and just thinking about that like what a neat yeah. what a neat moment for a father. What and, and what a. Yeah. How much? How much? How much forethought does Rich Finley and, and, and coaching staff have to have to be able to get that moment in? Like they are on the verge of back-to-back state championships, and the forethought—the first thing in Rich Finley's mind is, "Let me get Jackson out here to take a snap in, in a uh, in a state championship game." Like how? How? I, I, I don't. I don't know how to put this, but like just be in the moment but not be overwhelmed or consumed by the moment and still be able to have a little forethought into what you're going to do something that's almost bigger than the moment if you will like i don't know i don't know how you have that as a, as a human as a coach like I, I wouldn't be able to have that much you know self-awareness i guess or just situational awareness to know that you need to make that situation happen like that was so cool well it was also very cool just to see jackson in you know dressed from head to toe um since his acl he's been on the sideline wearing you know his his jersey running around in shorts um <laughs> and being the biggest cheerleader uh Bowden had and he's he's such a great kid um 
seeing him on the sideline the past couple of games and and going up and giving him a hug he's a great kid like i said great family um yeah it you also said forethought and and something that occurred to me man um less or it's less than a minute and a half left to go in the game and uh Bounds on their own 13-yard line. Oh, yes. Yes. Good point. Yes, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Kyler McGrin takes the ball up the middle and literally take, doesn't take a knee but slides down at the one-yard line. He has a touchdown. He can walk into the end zone. Walk in. And he takes. He slides down. So smart. I, I, I Literally, right before that snap, I looked over at you and Casey and said, you cannot score a touchdown here. You cannot score a touchdown yep. You have to get a first down and then slide or take a knee, stay inbound, something. You can you score a touchdown, you give Manchester a chance. And yeah, how smart, how smart from Kyler McGrin to to get that first down and slide. So congratulations, Bowden Red Devils, dude. What a uh what a season, man. Just a and and you know, last season was a little bit more special for me because I got to follow this team all year long. And this year, I got to follow this team through the eyes of two fans. I got to follow. I got to follow this team through Patrick Edson, uh, Patrick Edson, and Maurice Nunn. Like I got to follow this team through the eyes of of a guy that a, a former player and, and his partner. And it was it was neat, man. It, it was neat being able to follow this team through them. So um, that was pretty cool. I really I really wish these kids got a post game show um, and got some interviews. Got the parents online. Uh, and got some of the pub they deserve because it's it's not many times that you win a state championship, uh, and then that was that that really bummed me out Monday night um, that a post game show was not had. Uh, that was a that was a big fail and quite an embarrassment, honestly, for the West Georgia community. Uh, but I agree. Yeah. Um, do we know when the uh, do we know when the the parade's going to be? I haven't seen it yet on social media. No. Um, I guess I could text Rich about that to today. Yeah. I haven't talked to him. I honestly haven't talked to him since. Um, but yeah, what a year, dude! What a year! That's just awesome. Uh, Rich Finley now has two state titles, one more than anybody who's ever coached at Bowden. Yep. Let that sink in. Let that yep. uh, let that sink in. Uh, Billy, talking about some of the great performances around the area. Let's get to the all region teams. Uh, from our area, uh, a lot of a lot of kids. Uh, we're going to break them up into two sessions today. We have seven A and five A. Um, tomorrow we are going to have three A and single A. We don't have all the regions in, so if you don't hear kids from your uh, from your team called, it's just because we don't have uh, that region yet. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're yeah, we we we've got a lot of them. We got four of them, uh, and and we're still waiting on a uh, on a couple. So as soon as they roll in, we will give y'all. Uh, the region. So region two, seven A. This is Carrollton's region. Player of the year, quarterback Julian Lewis. No surprise there. Offensive player of the year. I don't know how they figured this out. Is Kamari Farmer? Uh, he was a monster. He was a great running back. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Julian Lewis plays offense. And if he's the player of the year, probably should be offense player of the year as well. Um, coach of the year, Joey King did a phenomenal job with those young men. Uh, very very talented team. First team uh, offense. Uh, Caleb Odom, Ryan Mosley, both wide receivers, tight end Jordan White, uh, offensive line R.J. Sizemore and Zakia Helton. But uh, Helton's going to Alabama, I believe, right, Billy? Uh, Zakia Helton, yeah, Zakia Helton. Isn't he going to Alabama? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, first team all defense. Somebody named Jacob Levy, I believe he does another sport as well. 
pretty good at it. Defensive line. Linebacker Montrez Smith, DB Kelvin Hill, and Jaden Thompson. Uh, first team, all special team returner, AJ McNeil. Uh, second team, all offense. Oh, man. Kyan Kofer. Is that how you say his name? Yep. Yeah, that's what I was pretty thinking. Good. Offensive line, Cole Norwood. What's he doing at Carrollton? Uh, second team, all defense, defensive line, Jacob Ricks, and defensive lineman uh, Zion Cooley. Linebacker Landon Wolf. Linebacker Brody Bradburn. I don't know how he didn't make first team all defense. That kid is a monster. Uh, and linebacker uh, Quintez Adams. Second team, spe- uh, second team, special teams, place kicker Carlos Hernandez and punter Andrew Albertus. Uh, that Andrew Albertus, that P, punter, I thought that stand for pitcher. I think he's a pretty good pitcher, too, for that uh, baseball team this year. He made uh, preseason All-State for 7A um, for Trent Bianco's team. Honorable yeah, honorable mention, Mateo Wells, Godgift Dudley, Christian Ward, C.J. Gamble, C.J. Kelly, and Kishan Johnson. So congratulations, Kishan. Is it Kishan? Kishan Johnson. That's not how you spell Kishan. That's how he does. Uh, that's wrong. I can't spell All right. it. In Region 5-5A, this is Villarica. First team offense, running back Jaden Terry, and then wide receiver Carson Nally both got first team offense um, for the Villarica Wildcats. First team, team defense, Jeremiah Taylor. That special DB, man. He was so good. I, I'm going to take a random guess and say whoever, I don't know, who votes on these? Uh, the coaches. I'm, I'm very surprised that we didn't have a couple more kids on first team defense. Uh, very, very surprised. Jaden Terry, Carson oh, Nally deserved deserved no that first team offense. Um, yeah, quite surprised that we didn't have more kids on that first team defense. That that Wildcat defense this year flew around and they kept us in a lot of games, a lot of games. Uh, but Jaden Terry, Carson Nally, both seniors, um, and I believe I believe Jeremiah Taylor also a senior. I think for our team, think. Uh, Billy, let's get to our Pop Culture Wednesday. Today, we are running down our favorite Christmas songs. Ooh. Yep. Uh, Let me go over here and get this. Okay. All right. So uh, my honorable mentions before we get into our lineup, I got a couple honorable mentions. Uh, Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. Phenomenal. I, I love that song. Anything by the Beach Boys, honestly, is really good. Beach Boys probably have the greatest album of all time with pet sounds i think it might be the greatest album of all time um but yeah anything by the beach boys I, I i like little saint nick baby it's cold outside by dean martin huge fan of that rendition of that song uh, i love dean martin and blue christmas by elvis uh those are my three honorable mentions uh i'll run down my honorable mention real quick uh where are you christmas the faith hill version um from the how the grinch stole christmas it's just a really, really good one for me. Yep. yep. Um, Maka from Jimmy Buffett. Melakalikimaka um, is the wise way. I love, yeah, I love that yeah. song, dude. And then the Christmas shoes uh, from New Song. Um, I've never heard of that. Just, it's it's one of the class. It's not like an old old. Yeah. But it's it's one of those songs that it hits hard. It's it's kind of a depressing song. Okay. Um, but it's it's really, really good. Well, that, that kind of leads in perfectly to my number five song, Billy. You said it's a depressing song. Uh, so, is, so is my number five. Um, it's, not the, it's not the happiest of songs, but my number five favorite Christmas song is Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly Parton. 
I just I, I love I love the way she sings. I love her attitude. I love honestly, Billy, I had to take a step back and not put Dolly Parton on all my top five. <laughs> it was I, I had to be like, all right, I'm only gonna put one Dolly song on here. Um because Christmas Times are coming. Oh, I love that Dolly Parton song. Uh and um Christmas Time in the Smokies, that's another great Dolly Parton Christmas song. Her her Christmas album with um Oh crap, who's on it with her? I can't remember. I have a major brain fart. She has a Christmas album, and it's with a, it's with a major major country singer. I don't know. It's really good. Uh, what's your number five, Billy? All right, my number five is uh, kind of a modern. It's an old old song, but it's a modern take on it. Um, the group Pentatonics did "Mary Did You Know." Mary, did you know? It's just so good, man. Um, that, that's beautiful. I, I love dude. that version. Um, it's it's a thousand percent acapella, and I, man, it's so good. You want to know, know a fun fact? You didn't. You've never heard that song before. I have, and I've actually performed that song at a competition. What? Yep. I was in the uh, before I got kicked out of private school. I was in the chorus um, at the private school that I was at. And we performed that song at a competition one time. Awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a beautiful that's a beautiful t- I've never heard that version of that song. Uh, but that is a that is a gorgeous, gorgeous version of that song. I do like that song. That's a very good song. Yeah. The version like I, I love the song altogether. Um like whoever does it, I love it. But yeah. Pentatonics does a great just a cappella version is just insane. Uh, my number four is Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Jackson 5. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Love that song. Love that song. Love the Jackson 5. That's my favorite. I love that rendition of Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Jackson 5. That version may have to be my favorite of the, the thousands of Santa Claus is Coming to Town uh, song. <laughs> it's it's so good, um, dude. It's so iconic. Uh, my number four. Uh, this one. This one's just kind of. This is the music nerd in me. Um, this comes out in a little bit. Christmas Eve Sarajevo mm. done by Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yes, sir. Who doesn't love a hard rock? 
rock version of a Christmas song. Ding, like, fries who are done. Ding, that? fries are done. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? <laughs> you ever seen that Family Guy episode? <laughs> Uh, I've always wanted to see them in in concert, man. That's that's a bucket list. Is a Trans Siberian Orchestra in concert? I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at number three for me, I have. I just realized probably all of these songs that I have were written before 1970, or you know, whenever the the new the newest one I have on here is the Jackson Five. Um, but at number three, I have White Christmas by Bing Crosby. I mean, what says Christmas time like Bing Crosby? As soon as I hear that song, I think it's like 8 o'clock outside. It's 10 degrees. There's snow on the ground. There's flurries in the air. There's Christmas lights. There's presents under the tree. I love Bing Crosby, and I love White Christmas by him. That's a great call. Um, Bing Crosby, I think... Bing Crosby, when you think about Christmas, when uh, when we grew up, Bing Crosby is is Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think new kids are probably going to think about a couple of my songs a little bit later. Uh, the guy who sings it with Michael Buble is going to think the same thing. Yeah. Honestly, you because know, I, as much as he has done Christmas lately, it's yeah. He has got to be your guy. Is the new version of the guy I have at number one. That's a good call. I think that's what that's he is. Really yeah, I think that's what he is. He's 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 this generation's Dean Martin. All right, uh, my number three. Uh, this one is just iconic for me. Um, this one goes a long way back. If anybody has watched um, the Charlie Brown Christmas, you've heard this. Um, and it's the um, Christmas time is here. The instrumental version from Vince Guaraldi's um, trio. So good. I didn't know that it had it's a name. A, I just thought it was always uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas song. Yeah, it's it's Christmas time is here, and it's so good. Um, I, I love just the piano, just going through that. Oh, God, I, that's a five-minute piece. It's and nice. It's, it's nice and calming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm with you. I like that it's, song. It's one, of those, it's one of those songs that you, you want to listen to when you're looking outside, and it's snowing, and there's a, there's a fireplace. Bingo. And you're... You've got the Christmas tree in the background, man. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. Uh, at number two, I have Jingle Bells uh, by Frank Sinatra. This is the only version of Jingle Bells. All other, all other versions of Jingle Bells fall to the wayside. This is the version of Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. 
talk Good about pull, those J I N G L E bells. Yeah. That's that's a great pull. Um, he's so good at what he does with that song, man. It, oh God, I love that song. If uh, especially if, if if anybody can't tell, these are all these are all songs that I used to listen to of my grandparents when I was growing up. This is where my music influence is coming from. So because, <laughs> I, because these are all fifties songs, these are, <laughs> I have a little bit of an uh, older palette when it comes to music. My number two is actually the first song on my Christmas playlist on my phone. Um, it's it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, but from Michael Bublé. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. That was yeah, Michael Michael Bublé is he's one of those guys. As soon as you hear his voice, I think, oh, it's going to be a Christmas song. And the, and the funny thing is, the first time I ever heard him um, was, well, not the first time. One of the one of my ma- one of my favorite songs that he does is uh, "Feeling Good." Yeah. And oh, dude, I I love that is like one of my jams when I'm in a great mood. That song is fantastic. But um, when he did his Christmas album top to bottom it's it's ridiculously good i love his voice i he's anything he does yeah anything he does is phenomenal um yeah i i, I said this michael buble i think is this generation's dean martin and that's who i have number one uh he is my favorite crooner in fact my my christmas playlist is it's, it's on pandora which i've which i've been told uh lately that that's for old people now I didn't know that. Didn't get that message. Um, but but when I turn on Christmas music, it is uh, it's, it's Pandora and it's Dean Martin Holiday it is the uh, is the mix I go and they have Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Jackson Five, Bing Crosby, you know all the oldies. And, and my number one favorite Christmas song is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer by Dean Martin. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. There's just a swagger. There's just a swagger the way he sings Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Um, he's, oh God, between Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, their Christmas albums just are <laughs> so good they're amazing dude. so yeah oh damn good all right my number one um has gotten the song itself has gotten a lot of uh hate over because of the new well, uh yeah hey listen here morons that 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 saying in that song doesn't mean what you think it means it meant something different back when the song was written you idiots <laughs> people are so um, stupid it's gotten a lot of a lot of hate recently, uh, but you know what? It, look, this song, this particular version, um, is my favorite, and it's done by two powerful voices. And I, I can't. This is like one of those songs that I have to listen to every every year for Christmas now. But it's uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside" with Michael Bublé and Adina Menzel. I really can't say. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, it's cold outside. 
I've never heard of uh, Adina Menzel. What? Yes, I, you have. I don't know who that is. You know, you know who her voice is. What does she sing? Uh, Let It Go from Frozen. Oh God! Call this real quick. <laughs> I never want to uh-huh. hear that song ever again in my entire life. Um, she, and and this is the nerd is coming out of me. Um, she was one of the original Alphabas on Broadway, or uh, um, yeah, one of those. those. Wicked, wicked, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. you see. Bryce acts like such a badass all the time. He secretly, deep down, loves Broadway musicals. He absolutely does. not. He just doesn't. That's a lie. That is such a lie. <laughs> I have I haven't seen a Broadway musical in. Jeez, dude, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't have the attention span for that stuff. Um, but she she was one of the original voices on Wicked. Um, and she was fantastic there. But she. She did that song with Michael Bublé, and it was so, so good. And it's such a great version of it that I had to put it as my number one. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a that's nice. That's a good list, dude. That is a that is a very good list. Um, I think between, the top, between our top five, it's it's hard to beat. Yeah, like, but I agree. We um, have a mix of old school and new school. That is just it. It would be hard to beat our top ten. Uh, a couple of a uh, couple of replies from uh, we put this out on social media. Riley Presnell, Christmas in Dixie is his number one. All I want for Christmas is a real good tan. Is number two. Uh, you don't ever hear Christmas in Dixie because Dixie offends people now. You don't ever hear it on the radio. Um, Christmas shoes number three. Mary, did you know number four by Kenny Rogers and Feliz Navidad uh, number five. So Riley Presnell, the big uh, big big country fan. Trent Bianco as the Ramones. Merry Christmas, Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. That's a good one. Chuck Berry, Run Run Rudolph, The Pretenders, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Weezer, Oh Holy Night, and Casey Bass also sent one in, but for some reason Twitter is not working for me this morning, and I can't figure out where the hell Casey Bass's um, reply went. There it is. Uh, Little Drummer Boy, number one. Merry Did You Know, number two. We Three Kings, number three. Santa is Coming to Town by The Boss. I cannot stand him. Number four and number five, baby, it's cold outside. That version is good, though. I hate Bruce Springsteen. Absolutely not. I will never endorse a single song that he ever sings. I cannot stand the guy. His music sucks. Okay. It's it's it Wasn't is, a, it, he is. They have one from Matthew Kilgore too. Uh, yeah. I don't know why Twitter's uh not. Hold on. Um, Tweet Deck is not working this morning, and it, it has not had its cup of coffee. Uh, there we go. Uh, number one, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Number two, Christmas and Dixie. Number three, wise men still seek him. Number four, oh, come all ye faithful. And number five, joy to the world. I think number four was the title of a movie that I watched last night. That's dirty. Um, <laughs> thank you to all the people who, who sent in their their list. That's awesome. Um but let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. I'm going to have to have a Shabby. conversation with Casey Bass about putting Bruce Springsteen on here. Last night in girls basketball, Bowden uh, versus Ranberg. We don't have a score from that game yet, um, but we will. I'll, I'll reach out to Bowden today to get that. Uh, Bremen falls to Lafayette 64 to 44 in girls basketball. In boys basketball, Bowden picks up their first victory and beats Ranburn 68 to 58 or 68 55. Let's go. Excuse me. 
on the Smith's Four Coverings Games and Events calendar? Nothing today. Uh, we're going to have a lot Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And we'll a be covering lot. all of it. Yeah. So that's uh, your, that's your Marine South scoreboard and your Smith's Four Coverings Games and Events calendar. Billy, need another oh, wait, the Hawks are tonight. So. Oh, yeah, who the hell it. cares? Team sucks. I didn't get to go on my... I'm, I'll probably have a big rant about the Hawks tomorrow morning, but we'll see. <sighs> Okie doke. Team sucks. Uh, Billy, you need another cup of coffee? Yes, sir. Let's get to another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strawn with Century 21 Novus. Draymond Green was ejected again for a flagrant two on Joseph Nurkic. Did you see this video? I did indeed. Draymond Green turned around and smacked what? him in the face. What are you doing? It's not even a good sell. No. No. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. Man. Pretty terrible. Like, um, this uh, this ejection is his third on the season, and now he will have to wait for a league review for possibility of another suspension, which he should get suspended for this. This is that was stupid. That was that was not even a good sell trying to sell the uh, the foul. That was a that was a straight turnaround right hook, open open handed right hook. Like m- moron, moron. Uh, the Giants outfielder Jung Hoo Lee agrees to a six year, one hundred and thirteen million dollar deal. Congrats to Lee! Holy crap! Yeah. A lot of money, 113. When are the Braves going to do anything in, in free agency? We anything? We're going to do anything at all? In double A, in double A, we trust. Oh, starting to lose a little faith in them. Starting to lose. We ain't got better. In fact, we probably got worse no. this offseason. season. No, uh, I mean, far. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Nikola Jokic ejected versus the Bulls, drawing boos from the crowd in Chicago. The Chicago Bulls fans were booing the referees. For ejecting Nikola Jokic. Why? No, they were they were booed because they didn't want him to get tossed. They wanted to watch him play basketball. Oh, oh well, yeah, that's probably why they're coming. But yeah, I mean they, they probably played a premium for those seats, and the refs eject. Dude, the refs in the NBA early on this season, they need to be investigated for gambling because some of the ejections, Draymond Green's ejection last night, deserved. Deservedly so. Draymond Green got ejected. Jokic's ejection last night and Trey's ejection a couple nights ago. These NBA refs need to start getting investigated for gambling, dude. I'm not joking. It's it's very suspicious. Um, Jokic, Jokic yelled at the referee, call the foul, MFR, after he got fouled. Technical foul. A million percent. You give a tech to Jokic. A million percent. That's a tech. But to get ejected over that? What kind of soft, thin-skinned you-know-whats are we raising to be NBA referees? Like, like seriously? Like what, 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 like, what is this short man syndrome, guys, that we're having in the NBA referees? Like, what's going on here? Like, that's ridiculous. And it, it's happening all over the NBA, and it's almost every single night. It's getting a little disturbing. Um. So, yeah, Jokic got ejected uh, last night. Ted Leo Leonsis. Leonsis? Leonsis. Uh, he said he plans to move the Wizards and the Capitals out of D.C. and into Virginia. What the hell? Yeah, the uh, the new proposed arena complex and entertainment district is in North Virginia. Apparently, they are. Uh, it's like an, it's an eight million square foot campus site in Alexandria, Virginia. Weird. Yeah. Just- just weird. Yeah, they uh, they they plan to break ground in 2025 and hope to be playing there in 2028. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, hopefully, I, I hopefully by then the the Atlanta team will be facing off against uh, the Capitals. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, dude. Uh, and today in 2015, Irishman Conor McGregor knocks out Brazilian Jose Aldo in 13 seconds to win his first featherweight title in Las Vegas. I could not believe this fight only lasted 13 seconds. I stayed up until about 1.30 in the morning, uh, and this fight was <laughs> fight was over in 13 seconds. I now know how my wife felt. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to uh, Conor McGregor in 2015. You got anything else to add today, man? No, brother. Let's get out of here on a hump day. Let's get out of here on a hump day on a Wednesday. We will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors.